Dude, F Cox, man. <clears throat> F them so hard. Their router they want to put in your house is a public hotspot POS that you have to like, their app lets you configure certain things but not others. And so like, you can't even default change the passwords if someone gets into your network. It's like, oh, yeah. admin, the password is password. Cox wants to give you their panoramic Wi-Fi, which is the router modem combo. And they want you to pay uh -oh. more to rent a modem than to rent the router. I wonder why they would charge you more for the more inferior piece of equipment. Hmm. When there's no product, you're the product. Gross. Got a beverage, I peed. I'm ready for this shit. Yeah, all the liquids are going in and coming out at good <laughs> rates. Welcome. We got flow control, motherfuckers. <laughs> Worst mic check ever. Let's do this. We're on, boys! Welcome, dear listener, to the QQ Cast. Today is Thursday, November 10th, 2022, and we're your hosts, Tonda Pont and Zach Mayer, say, Where's Ruley? Dead to me. <laughs> Is this is this three podcasts in a row with only two hosts? I think uh, he was out, you were out, he's out. Uh, yeah. And then, well, and fun story. I'm going to be out next week. God damn it! <laughs> and I was out for a bunch because of uh, personal issues before that. So, oh man, it's been the last few months have been some of our least podcast heavy uh, months. But you know, yeah, it's it's that time of year. <laughs> you know, like stuff is just happening all around us. It's happening to us more than anything so yeah now it is what it is it's life fine. finds a way to get in the way but yeah i actually i feel that. like uh i i've been doing a little more work to prep for the podcast get topics so i'm actually i'm super happy i'm trying to edit them more put in more sound clips so uh i'm super happy with how it's going speaking of which dear listener this is quest 280 which movies were most influenced by video games so zach the previous quest which you were not here for was which movies had the most influence on video games and this is more of a uh to to phrase it differently what movie should have been a video game license uh or sorry should have been a video game but didn't get the license so uh yeah uh this means we are not actually doing like video game adaptations right not mario doom tech pikachu resident evil assassin's creed tomb raider hitman we're not doing those we're doing games that games god i'm just gonna keep fucking those up we're doing movies that clearly should have been video game uh, licenses and did not get them so uh i want to give you a recap of last week to kind of get you a little bit in the mood here before we hit the lists so dear listener i edit in sound effects after the podcast so zach is not going to hear the awesome star trek tng previously like clip and music that's right you know Last time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Do you, do you remember that? Dun, dun. When TV had like little intros and outro summaries? Yeah, you gotta do the, the little like the, the, the string chords and... And now the conclusion. Dun duns <laughs> and whatnots. So good. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. So to get you into the headspace of the previous cast, uh, I posited that Alien had a huge influence on video games because it's so heavily influenced, not inspired, but heavily influenced Metroid, which created the whole Metroidvania genre. So I'm, it's a little bit of a stretch, but I'm really proud of that stretch. I'm saying Alien created the Metroidvania entire genre. 
Um, another example, King Kong uh, licensing and names led to Donkey Kong, although it's kind of Popeye. Uh, and Ruli made an awesome observation that the movie Enter the Dragon influenced basically all fighting game and fighting game tournaments ever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I, I'm not going to say that I can think of a particular one, but um, all detective mechanics call back to every noir film. <laughs> yeah, that's actually true, right? I mean, like all shit, half the Telltale games are basically just that. You could go back to like the Maltese Falcon with fucking uh, what's his name. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. going to give that one to you. Yep. No, I was thinking specifically, um, <laughs> well, it's really on the nose, but like L.A. Noir um, is just a direct adaptation of that whole genre. Yeah. Did, and did you, see uh, you can see some of the influences in other games that have like, you know, finding clues and putting a story together. Um, Oberdin, for example, uh, some of the others, even things like The Witcher that has that like investigation mechanic. But that, that's a lot where, of that comes from detective stories. Yeah, that, that's where like it starts getting gray of who influenced what and to what aspect. And it's a little hard, right? We're looking for like those those straight through lines here. Uh, by the way, you said, you know, uh, L.A. Noir. That is like super inspired by. Did you see the movie L.A. Confidential back in the day? Oh, yeah. The movie's fucking awesome. At least I remember it being fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. And oh, God, mm -hmm. yeah, so many like L.A. Noir and others, like, basically direct, uh, heavily inspired by uh, that particular detective movie. So, fuck yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's get into the listicles. So, I've got a top five, but I want to mention a few honorable mentions before we get into it. And I don't know how and where, dear listener, we, we prepare hardcore, as in don't even mix our lists and maybe tell Zach the topic five minutes before the cast. Um so I don't, yeah, I don't know how you want to intersperse yours in here. We can alternate the list or something, but uh, honorable mentions. Zach, my first honorable mention is for you, buddy. Event Horizon. Oh my God, absolutely. That needs a video game. You could argue that all of the 40K games stem from that because there's my favorite theory for Event Horizon is that it is in the 40K universe. Like that's the setting just way in the past of most of the events that you hear about or most of the games that you would play. Um, so yeah, you could maybe like squint and see it, but now story wise, like, Oh man, it's such a good, it's such a good premise for a video game like space mystery with supernatural horror elements uh it would be so good yeah. and it, i mean it would go on to inspire things like dead space but i feel like things like uh system shock came before it and just general like i don't know paul W. anderson had just come off of mortal Kombat. he's making that movie i feel like he was influenced by the, by video games in general so i put it in honorable mention because i don't again see that hard through line of this movie was clearly should have been based on this game but I, I wanted to give it honorable mention. And you fucking mm. love it, so I had to put it in there. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, absolutely. So another one that I know nothing about, and maybe you do, is I when I was trying to prepare for this and I was looking up some stuff online, someone suggested that specifically in this entire gigantic franchise of movies, Fast Five was the most kind of influenced by just straight up racing games. I, I haven't seen... I've seen a single Fast and Furious movie. It was the spinoff with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham. So I don't know shit about this franchise. Have you seen any of those movies? 
No, I think Ruli is actually the Fast and the Furious expert. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, that was the the whole series was kind of sort of on my radar because it's like every Need for Speed game would basically fit in there. You could get uh, GTA elements out of it for sure. Um, I, I don't know enough about the individual films to say what particular elements would go where, but like it's got from my understanding, like over the top vehicle based action. Didn't they drop a tank out of a plane once? Yes. So Actually, no, no, like, you're, you're thinking of, um, well, they might have in that fucking franchise. There's been like 10 no. movies. You're thinking of, um, it was a remake of that like seventies TV show. And oh, I, that's right. The 18. There you go. I am one that's of the few right. people that actually enjoyed that movie. I haven't seen all of it all the way through in one sitting. But I do remember that scene. That was just hilarious. What are they doing? They're flying a tank. I just, I liked it, man. I thought it was entertaining. Um, oh, yeah. And they, like, used the tank turret thing, the the main gun, to slow themselves down in the air so that they could, quote, unquote, land. land. I know, it's great. They just they land in a, uh, a lake, and then they drive out and just ask someone for directions. I, dude, it's a stupid movie, but I just thought it was fucking fun, man. Oh. Uh. Okay, so that was, uh, I got one more honorable mention, and this is something you mentioned during the mic check, and it's it's just an amazing set of action movies. We're going to watch the trailer for the fourth one in QQ News, but the John Wick franchise, it seems to have influences from action movies galore, but I assume some of that also is influenced by games, and again, it goes back to the who influenced what first, and who's art imitating art, etc., or life imitating art, whatever. Um, so that's why it's an honorable mention for me, because I don't see the straight through line. But it feels yeah. like it should be on a list like this. Yeah, I mean, certain elements like the um, whole Assassin's Underground Society being just like a thing uh, show up in games. Uh, I mean, Assassin's Creed is a good one to point to. It's not exactly the same, but, you know, if you took Assassin's Creed into the modern era, I could see it being a reasonable sort of facsimile of the the kind of world that John Wick lives in. Uh, and then there's also the Hitman series, which did kind of the same thing. Secret underground assassin society, and also kind of a modern setting. Um, that was also a movie, Hitman. But um, I think it was multiple yeah, movies. It was at least two. Did you see them? I didn't fucking see them. I saw one of them. It did the thing where... So it's a third-person, over-the-shoulder game, right? For the most part. Um... And they did the thing that video game adaptations do, where they have that one scene where they put you in the perspective, the same perspective as the game camera in the movie, and it's so bad. Every time that happens, it's so fucking bad. You remember Doom, like the two thousand whatever Doom movie? Yeah, dude, Semper Five, motherfucker. Where they had, they had that whole sequence kind of at the climax, where it put it into a first person's perspective with like the HUD yeah, and everything. Great. I mean, it was dumb as a box of fucking rocks, and it was great. Absolutely fucking stupid. It was hilarious at the time because I think I was twelve. But that, that hilarious yeah. is the right word. Like that movie was a mediocre <laughs> B sort of kind of horror movie for the first like mm-hmm. four, uh, four fits, and then the last the last act where it goes first person shooter for a few minutes, and then it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson versus Carl Urban, and they jump out and yell "Semper Fi, motherfucker," and then fight. It's just mm-hmm. so great, dude. It's so dumb, and it's fucking so fun. dumb. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, 
let's let's get into the list. I've got my top five here. Uh, how many do you have in a list? I don't know. I've got a few places to pull stuff from. Um, we're doing movies that should have been video games, basically, right? Uh, yeah, like they should have slapped an IP on them, and they just didn't get the IP. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. No, I've got a couple. Yeah. So okay. Uh, we'll we'll alternate. So my first one on the list, and I don't feel great about this one, but I I feel like it is definitely in the spirit of the question. So my number five is Wreck It Ralph. Um, it's clearly mm-hmm. homaging every video game. It has cameos by other video games. But I feel like, you know, they were just doing, like, Rampage and Mario Kart, but Disney didn't want to pay for the license. Like, that's what it felt like to me. So, Wreck-It Ralph, fun enough movie. I think I might have seen the sequel. I don't remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it definitely feels like they should have either just got, like, the Mario Kart license or some shit like that. And they just, Nintendo wasn't going to do that back then. That's what it felt like. Um, what are your thoughts? Did you even see that movie? Yeah. Yeah, no, and the the second one especially because they did a lot of the same things with, um, well, just internet and meme culture. But um, yeah, no, uh, that that whole series could have been could have been a really fun video game. It could have been a really good like racing game. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of <clears throat> uh, a big part of, I guess, the first one. But um, yeah, did they? Yeah. Again, I, I feel like I saw the second one, and I can't remember it, so that's how not memorable it was. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's it's tough, because like the characters in that movie are video game characters, and most of them are fictional. But like I guess if... I, and maybe the fact that most of those characters are fictional to begin with... I, was say, I like how you're defining easier, fictional here, right? Like, unlicensed knockoffs are fictional video game characters, <laughs> but video game characters are real. This is, this is great semantics. Yeah, well, it's... Yes... Um, yes, they're characters from video games that don't exist. Um, so maybe that makes it easier, but it makes me think of the kind of, um, oh, what's the term I'm thinking of? Sort of like, uh, the mashup games like Smash Brothers, Mario Kart. Is there a term uh, for that? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with mashup. And Fortnite. Fortnite. God, <laughs> fucking Fortnite. Um... Maybe that's maybe that makes it easier, but it yeah well it certainly makes licensing easier because you're just talking about one property, but um, or one those character. mashup games are yeah, but those mashup games are tough to begin with when you're trying to make everything sort of fit together, and maybe the movie just gives enough of a framework for that to work if you're kind of sticking to the same sort of premise that uh, it's Toy Story but video games, but I don't know. All right. There's a lot of directions that you could take it, and I'm not sure that I clearly see one being stand out better than any of the others. Well, that was my number five, so fuck it. Uh, Zach, what's on your list? Uh, so, did you ever see Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? <laughs> I I don't remember. I, I know of it. I think I might have seen some of it, but uh, go on. So we didn't say that these had to be good movies. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's one of those that probably should have never been a movie. It probably should have just straight up been a video game. It's got the camp of things like the um, uh, the more recent Saints Row entries. 
It's got uh, the kind of action and premise of things like Dead Island. Um, like, yeah, you could probably make a case for something like a Left 4 Dead clone. But, like, it's it's really set up as a premise to be a video game and not a movie. And I guess they just couldn't pull together enough cash to make the game. So, seemingly, now we have a movie. All right. All right. I dig it. Uh, what's your what's your number one IP? They should have slapped it on. What's your take? Um, I think that a either a Dead Island style game with that premise, like you're playing as Abraham Lincoln and trying to clean up Washington, or you know just survive and get everybody together uh, to run a government, that could be fun. Be a little bit open world. But honestly, I think maybe something closer to like Bloodborne would work better. Something oh, that's, that's a little bit more on rails, uh, gives you a lot of creativity in how you go about like getting through the quote unquote levels. Um, yeah, you could you could have a lot of fun with that. The movie doesn't have like Abraham Lincoln using much in the way of tool sets. He's got his axe, and I guess he's got like uh, a musket cannon thing on his arm oh yeah the axe was a big deal i'd forgotten about that right um so yeah like you could expand it and you know give him more things to play with but fundamentally it's abraham lincoln killing zombie or killing vampires and uh you know trying to (laughs) trying to you know survive uh john wilkes booth could be a really cool boss maybe or, or like a Final running boss. antagonist through the story. Oh man. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna say, uh, and this is probably too straightforward, but like Vampire the Masquerade. Like, I don't know. It could have just. That's a shitty answer. I don't fucking know. But anyway. I mean, yeah, it's tough because it's like, it's, it, it's tough to think in that mode when you're coming from a movie to start with because a movie is very like character oriented and you have your set cast that you follow around most of the time um <laughs> and uh when you think of something that's like an rpg or like super open world like the masquerade series which they're getting a new entry in soon someday um it's harder to visualize i guess you could do it and you wouldn't necessarily be playing as abraham lincoln but he would be you know i feel like you could have done the, the cast piece still. right it could it could have worked i don't know maybe yeah Yep, yep. All right, moving on. Uh, so the next one on my list, my number four, <coughs> and this is actually, this was a ruley one. This is actually what triggered the whole conversation topic. I'm putting it at number four. Hardcore Henry, the first-person shooter. It is clearly a video game filmed in movie because it was all first-person. I didn't see it. Uh, did you see it? Hardcore Henry. Uh, I think I did. It's the first person shooter. Yeah, no, I I absolutely did. And it's like Henry is silent. He's a silent protagonist in the movie. Um, Yeah, no, I do remember seeing that that movie. It was absolutely set up to be a video game. It's almost a riff on video game adaptations to movies, like video game movie adaptations. Um, Yeah, and that's why it's easy to like ironically, but it's also just fun. Arguably, it's the poster child of this conversation, but the reason I put it lower on the list is because it's almost too easy. Like, you could slap any IP on it and it would work. Um, like, you could have said Counter-Strike. You could have said 
I can't believe I can't think of more first-person shooters right now. Call of Serious Duty. Serious Sam. Serious Sam. That would have been fucking hilarious. So, like, it's almost like too much of a straight, could be anything generic thing. So, that's why it's lower on my list. But it's it's absolutely, it was the thing that was the catalyst for this whole conversation. It's totally, totally uh, worth being on the list. So, I don't have much to add because mm-hmm. I didn't fucking see it. So, sir, back to you. Um, Let's see. Which one? Which one? I mean, I guess I could kind of stick to the the undead theme. Um, I Am Legend would have made a yeah. really great video game. Like, much more in the open world sort of uh, genre, I think, than... <laughs> uh, what's his name? Vampire Hunter. <laughs> but, um, like, it's great because you have sort of an automatic... Uh, you have a really good premise for something that's basically an open world rpg uh you know you've got your 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 environment with the uh minimal surviving human factions and the uh (laughs) basically undead vampire like antagonists everybody that was mutated uh you know post-apocalypse which is always fun and then you've got like your quest your mainline quest is in that movie find a cure for the the mutations you know save humanity and all that good stuff and it sets you up to explore this world it is totally a zombie survival game that is pretty yeah that is pretty goddamn good uh yeah you've absolutely got elements for that yeah things like the last of us make me think Mm -hmm. about it because like the clickers and stuff like that obviously the last of us wasn't out yet when that came out but yeah you could have slapped the last of us ip and it would have worked pretty well uh what other what other ips could you slap on um Oh my god, I can't think of the movie. My my brain, my brain is so broken. I'm old. I am Legend. What what other IP, what video game IP could you slap on I am Legend? Uh, well, I mean, when I think about it, I'm thinking open world survival horror. Uh, so anything from that genre and I'm just going to do a cheater move and look up open world survival horror games. Do, 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 do the forest. I never played the forest. Um, Resident Evil, kind of. Oh, uh, that, that, that right there is a fucking fantastic answer. Slow paced. Yeah. You're in a city. You're alone, mostly zombies. Yeah, that could have been a Resident Evil movie. Yep, yep, yep. It probably would have been better um, than the actual Resident Evil movies. <laughs> yes. Um, Dead Rising, maybe. Something kind of... Yeah, similar. Dead, I don't Dead Rising. Some of these have too much humor. Yeah, and like that's very Dawn of the Dead kind of thing. So, uh huh. Um, you could probably, uh, it wouldn't quite work. I was gonna say like maybe uh one of the Bioshock games, but that doesn't. Eh, it's not really the same. Um, let's see. Days Gone. Oh, what was the the walking simulator that came out uh, in the last year or two? Um. Oh, the one uh, by Hideo Kojima with yeah. Norman Reedus? Yeah. Isn't it amazing? I can think of all those names, and I can't think of the name of the fucking game. It was something dumb, too. Um, Death Stranding. <sighs> Death Stranding, yes. So Yeah, you know. that could have been a Death Stranding movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, uh, going back to my list here. My number three 
Uh, and again, this one actually is literally an adaptation of a game, but they just, again, didn't pay for the license. But you know who they paid for? One of your favorite actors. We were talking about the mic check. Nick fucking Cage. Willie's Wonderland. It is literally Five Nights at Freddy's the movie. Oh, God. I've never seen it. I have no idea. I'm going to have to look it up now. I have uh, also not seen it. So, so far, two of the of two of my five movies on my list I have not fucking seen. 2001. How did I not even hear about it? Like, this isn't an old Nicolas Cage movie. This is this is Nicolas Cage in his weird prime. So, okay. I think he talks yeah. almost no, not I mean, at all, just... so even silent video game protagonist. So, I mean, I'm just looking at the poster, and it's fucked up horrifying puppets. So, yeah. No, that sounds exactly like Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> Again, haven't seen it, so I have nothing else to add, but clearly it uh, deserves a spot on the list. That's my number three. Zach, back to you. What's on your list? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, I think Braveheart would have made a fantastic Dynasty Warriors game. <laughs> oh, Just carve me. your way through the English. By that by that definition, Lord of the Rings was Rome Total War. I don't know, I don't know about this. Or actually uh Kingdom of Heaven probably was. Um you know it's funny, the minute you said Braveheart, I can just see those like PlayStation era 32 bit graphics with like the original was the original Dynasty Warriors PlayStation 2? But I could totally see that. Uh. Fog of War Kill a bunch of Celtic people swinging their swords around, bolts of lightning from uh, uh, his arse just taken out as a special, uh, yep. taken out soldiers' yep, special yep. ability. Um, I'm going to give it to you. Braveheart is a Dynasty Warriors game. Uh, should be set in Asia, not fucking, <laughs> not fucking Scotland. But I'm with you. No, it's fantastic. And just think of the soundtrack with the bagpipes. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I mean, you could probably make a case for Braveheart being. Yeah, something like a God of War game, uh, where it's a little bit more focused on the character. It's got a lot of the battles, but really more of Braveheart is about Braveheart, like the dude himself. uh, William Wallace killed 50 men. 50 men was one. And doing the... uh, (laughs) Doing the, the, like, castle raids and being an insurgent in Scotland. Um... I don't know. I think it would be fun as a Dynasty Warriors game. You could probably make a case for it being something else, but it's it would be, I think, uh, something that Sir William Wallace would probably approve of. <laughs> oh, dude, I fucking like it. Okay, uh, my number two, and again, this one is obvious, and there's probably too many. Maybe this should have been three, because the same argument applies to this is Hardcore Henry. There's too many influence. Is Ready Player One. It's a fucking video game. I think oh, if they could have actually yeah. just secured any specific license. I mean, I know the guy was writing a movie being generic, but like if Fortnite had been a thing when he wrote the book, it'd have been Fortnite the fucking movie. Um Yep. So yeah, Ready Player you know, One, heavily influenced by a video game. Not exactly a one property thing, but what is there to add? Uh I'm gonna look it up to be because I was okay, maybe it's gonna take me a little bit longer to find. I could have sworn that I saw something about Ready Player One in like an interview with the author, uh, talking about how he was writing like he, his intention was to write the screenplay for a video game, like just the outline for something 
completely off the wall and based fundamentally in that kind of 80s nostalgia. Um, and it just kind of got away from him. I and I could entirely be misremembering or you know thinking of an uh, of a different story altogether. Uh, the only reason that I bring it up is that it makes sense to me that it could happen that way for Ready Player One. Like I could see it starting out as a video game and turning into a movie because reasons. Um, I could totally believe that that he just started blending <laughs> too many things together and said fuck it, it's a nostalgia piece. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, the the central, like, quest line of the whole story is, it, it's a video game quest line. Like, it just is. And that's fine. Like, totally fine. I think writing in video games has gotten way more sophisticated as the decades have gone on. And that's partly expected, but also gratifying to see happen in real time. Um, so, no fault on having a video game narrative in a book or now a movie. Um, it just feels so natural that it would be a game though, is the point. I'm with you. All right, sir, back to you. What's uh, what else is on your list? Before we get to my oh, number one. I got so caught up thinking about ready player one. Let's see. Uh, I mean, <laughs> eight mile Parappa the rapper with an M rating, <laughs> but, um, Look, I don't think Let's that was see. inspired by Parappa the Rappa, but once again, <laughs> sir, points for thinking out of the box. I, I fucking adore it. Yeah, well, I'm just kind of going through and, and looking at, at movies that might fit the bill. Get in, loser. Um, We're going to get cel-shaded spaghetti. <laughs> so here, here's one that I kind of like. Um, Kiki's Delivery Service in the style of Crazy Taxi just making did, shit up you are you're not even going remotely near the fucking sphere of the question did you did you never play crazy taxi but what does that do with kiki's fucking delivery service you're gonna fly around a broom deliver boxes most of people what are you talking about you, you, yes, you'd be better to say that collateral crazy you'd be better to say the collateral with fucking jamie fox as a taxi driver was crazy taxi starring tom cruise okay like <laughs> you better. oh fine oh fine <laughs> um all right. Well, Castaway. <laughs> Again, more I survival mean, games. Ca- Castaway's like just more survival the games. Water. Like, yeah, basically. Um, or the raft uh, probably is closer. You could also maybe make a case for it being kind of like a mist game. You know, uh, exploring the islands, finding all your your stuff you need to survive. Uh, ultimately trying to get rescued but this is actually interesting yeah it's an interesting thing to think about there i don't think it quite works with castaway but surely there are movies that are they could be a missed game that's interesting yeah i mean it's I, when i think of a mist or something that could be adapted into a mist style game uh the first thing that i think of is lost um castaway is kind of close it doesn't have the writer strike to deal with so it is better but um, <laughs> you know yeah i mean you would probably end up changing a bit of the ending if you turned castaway itself into like a missed game because you need to have the um the exploration be with sort of a goal in mind even if that goal isn't readily apparent to the player at the at the beginning like you know a lot of mist sort of reveals itself uh as you play it 
but like if the idea is to get off the island and be rescued then the clues that you find the puzzles that you solve and the the uh direction that your exploration ultimately ends up is can can very easily be in that direction you know maybe you're you find uh an old like japanese base or something and it's got radio equipment in it and you have to go scavenge stuff to make that work uh get up to a high place so you're transmitter can reach something to help you get out i just i don't you be rescued yeah i don't play enough survival games to be able to really apply them here uh like i'm like wait what 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 movie should just be a valheim movie i don't i don't fucking know (laughs) okay so all right my number one and this is one again ruley and i thought up this topic we thought it'd be fun he, good thing he'll never listen to this podcast because I think we butchered the topic and that's totally okay because I've been having fun. But this is my number one because it literally was supposed to be a video game. And then at the last minute, they lost the license. I still think this this was the debut of this director. I still think it's uh, his best work. It is District 9. District 9 was oh, supposed to be Oh, I was hoping Halo. you would bring that up. Yeah, it was supposed yes. to be Halo and it fell through. Uh, and so, what's his name? David Bowie's son directed the Warcraft movie. I can't think of his name right now because I'm a horrible host who podcast host who didn't didn't write his notes down. Um, fucking District Nine, a fucking awesome movie. Charlotte Copley's kind of breakout role again, first mm-hmm. movie for that director. It was supposed to be fucking Halo, and in so many ways, like the visual aesthetic and like the power suits and the guns later and the ships, it fucking shows. Um, mm-hmm. so that is just the number one because it literally was. That's my number one. Yep. Nope. I'm I'm all about that. If you didn't mention it, I was gonna. So I'm glad you brought it up. There's Oop. no argument there. All right. Uh, anything else to mention before we uh, before we move on? Um. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I could tell you a video game that I wish uh got a movie. But nah, otherwise. Alright, we'll wrap I'm us good. up with that. What's a video game you wish you got a movie? Uh did you ever play the two thousand six Prey game? I did not. So just like back of the box sort of description for it. Um you are a uh human, a Native American actually, who is abducted by aliens who are harvesting the earth like the earth was seeded with life uh eons and eons ago and now the aliens who seeded the earth are back to reap what they have sown so it's basically alien covenant got it yeah a little bit um so yeah prey follows you your character trying to escape and ultimately you end up like having the option the the option and the opportunity to destroy the alien ship by flying it into the sun um so yeah it's it was a really good game and i thought that it would make a really good movie and then you said the um the alien movie and yeah kinda a little not quite the same i don't know how to put it but yeah without having played it i i hard for me to say but uh Hey, video game producers out there that listen to our podcast, all zero of you, there's an idea. I think it would have been fun. Like, it's very much a sci-fi horror sort of property in the game already. So, like, 
it would be tough, I think, to sell it to somebody who's like, I'm going to make a sci-fi title because you almost... You, the whole thing is meant to be super high tension and it never really breaks. And in a movie that's tough, uh, unless you use, you know, like humor to try and diffuse some of that tension so you can build it back up again, it wouldn't work. It would have to be much, much, much closer to something like Event Horizon. So I, I don't know. I'm not seeing another so Event was, Horizon being Was made Event Horizon a Prey soon. movie? Did we, did we just go all the way back to the beginning? No, they're very different. The only similarity, I think, would be tone. There's not really anything super, super duper supernatural about Prey. Uh, you do kind of talk to your ancestors, but that's more of a hallucination than anything. Mm, drugs. I mean, you really are making it sound like System Shock, hallucinations, horror in space. Okay, Event Horizon's a System Shock game. It's fucking <laughs> official. All right, Zach. So before we get into news, we always have to do our sponsor. After these messages... Tonight's sponsor is a perfect segue into the news. Uh, tonight's podcast is brought to you by Game Pass. Why? They need the fucking advertisements. Did you hear about their uh, their growth rate? Uh, I didn't hear about their growth rate. I heard that they were making some dumb decisions, but honestly, I didn't look too close because I don't want to. I don't, I don't want Game Pass to be ruined for me. <laughs> so uh, the growth rate on console, the growth rate on PC, I guess, is okay. But the growth rate on consoles is not remotely what they expected. They wanted like a 75% year uh, end of year like growth in subscribers, and they got like a 25% growth rate. Ooh. So it's not going well. And I think that is a fucking shame because I really do think the concept of subscription service uh, for video games is a really powerful one. Um, I think Microsoft's going to continue to push it. I think it's I think it's a good value prop for consumers. So I don't want to see it fail, but apparently it ain't doing as good as they wanted. Oof. So yeah. Well, that's sad. Yep. Yeah. So dear listener, um, Game Pass, go give them your money. You, they need it. All right, Zach. Let's get to the news. Good news, everyone. Great news, everyone. Bad news, everyone. Uh oh. I don't like the sound of that. You are. Now, dear listener, we are not going to discuss real-world things. There's been uh, the midterms in the U.S. going on. There's been all of the tech bullshit uh, and the layoffs and Twitter, and we're not we're not doing that shit. We're doing happy news. But unfortunately, we do have to start with something that's sad. Zach, it's super sad. What's happening to one of our favorite Netflix shows? Oh, Henry Cavill's leaving The Witcher. No! Being replaced by... No. Uh, not even the good Hemsworth, <laughs> Liam Hemsworth, I think. Um, yeah, no, we got like a C tier Hemsworth. It's fine. Like, I guess I'm probably still going to watch it, but like, I, I know, I know that he's going to go work on other things. And that was probably like one of the main drivers, but at least a little bit of it was because he had been the forced, the thing that was keeping the writers in check and trying to keep the uh, stories that they were telling in the Witcher series at least loosely based on the lore of that whole franchise. Um, apparently, writers really wanted to do things that just did not work for the characters, and they still got away with a lot. Like, 
I'm not super thrilled with how they treated his mentor, whose name is escaping me. Uh, See, I didn't, I didn't finish season two yet, so... Uh, I mean, it's a good season. You should absolutely watch it. Uh, dude, we both know there's a million things on my backlog and a bunch that I've started and didn't finish. And I really enjoyed the first several episodes of season two of The Witcher. I thought were fantastic. Yep. I thought the opening episode of season two, phenomenal. Maybe one of my absolute favorites of the whole fucking series. Um, yes. So, yes, I need to watch it. No question. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the bit where the author of The Witcher books, whose name I would butcher if I tried to pronounce it, um, was like... It, there was a quote that I saw after the uh, first season dropped. There was like, I'm so happy to have, uh, along the lines of, I'm so happy to have Henry Cavill in this role. Uh, he's lent his face to Geralt in the same way that um, uh, Viggo Mortensen lent his face to Aragorn. And like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Henry, Carol, Henry Cavill treated that character with love and respect and was apparently you know a huge nerd about it and kept the writers from going completely off the fucking walls i guess you know like i said i think he's going to do other things uh and that was probably a significant driver in his move to leave the series but at least part of it is because he I, I would not want to be dealing with the writers like that for long if I could help it. So that, yeah, that creative absolutely conflicts. sucks because he's a total absolute nerd. Um, I hope it is because he wants to do other projects and DC's trying to get him back with now that the James Gunn thing. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Um, you know, I watched this interesting YouTube video recently about um, it was a video essay, I think by Darren Mooney for the escapist. And it was talking about how uh, modern day showrunners and producers doing a lot of the streaming services aren't, uh, and it may be a, a shift in how, you know, TV is made in this day and age, but they aren't really that experienced most of the time. When you get their credits, they don't go way back, whereas a lot of previous showrunners had come up through the ranks. And it was like, oh, these people were writers on a different TV show or worked in a different writer's room. And they got experience running shows, moving up the ladder slowly. Whereas if you look at a lot of creators in this day and age, and a lot of shows in this day and age, it's like they have very limited history prior to whatever show that they're working on. And they usually kind of had this one success that catapulted them into being in charge of stuff. So... I bring that up to say maybe that's the case. I, I could go look it up. I don't fucking know. Maybe that's the case with The Witcher, that there is a fairly junior staff, and maybe they have experience in other things, but they don't have experience in running like a TV show. And maybe that's some of the reason there's been some turmoil behind the scenes. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't either. The end result is that it's sad. We will miss Henry Cavill. Agreed. Uh, all right, Zach, want to, uh, I got two trailers here for us to watch. You want to watch them? I love trailers. Ooh, trailers are fun. Trailers are fun. Well, actually, I guess we got a little show. I got three trailers. We'll do three trailers. So first and foremost, let's do one related to the topic we're talking about. Send it over. Okay. So tell dear listener what we're about to watch. The Witcher, Blood Origin, Pipe, official teaser trailer, Pipe Netflix. <laughs> so... Uh, it's starring Michelle Yeoh, apparently. And I think Michelle Yeoh is fucking awesome, but she's getting, like, she's having a little renaissance right now. She's getting a lot of exposure. Um, oh, yeah. So I think she's fucking fantastic, but I have no idea what this show is. Do you know anything about this? Like, I'm, you're a bigger Witcher guy than me. What is this? I, I have heard nothing 
about this. Like you posted this in the channel today and that was the first time that I'd heard anything about it. So I was like, oh, are they making a new video game or what? I thought maybe it was an expansion for The Witcher 3 somehow. This whole year, by the way, has been the year of video game remakes and remasters. Like there has not been a shit ton of new, even sequels to games out this year. Uh, with, you know, notable exceptions. Um, what was it? The, but... the, two, the two Game of the Year contenders, uh, one of which you fucking loved, which was Elden Ring, is an original. Yep. That's a lot yep, of credit yep. there. Um, and then the other one, though, is is a sequel, but it's right now uh, Ragnarok, or God of War Ragnarok. Um, right. So I, I agree with you. There's a shit ton of remakes being announced, being created, uh, releasing. But at least the two Game of the Year contenders are are new relatively speaking before we watch this trailer did do you did you play the original original did you play the god of war remake from 2018 no i have it um i just haven't had a chance to load it up so no is the short answer well it's voice acted by fucking tealk so christopher judge yeah uh fucking awesome (laughs) okay yep 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 back to the trailer at hand so uh the witcher colon blood origin pipe official teaser pipe netflix Let's push play in three, two, one, play. Stay with me, oh lover, my heart's filled with worry. That is not toss a coin to your Witcher material right there. Stay with me, oh lover, the borders are... Nah, not quite the same vibe. Oh man, I love Michelle Yeoh though. Oh, she's always great. All beginnings, all ends. A four-part special event. Oh, is that all? It's like a made-for-TV fucking movie. Dude, that looks super generic. So, based on the title and the uh, number of elven characters in the cast, my guess, and especially the song that they're talking about, like Blood and War, um, my guess is this is going to be literally the story of the origin of Witchers. Uh. Is that tied? I don't know the Witcher lore well enough. Is that tied into like the elves getting slaughtered earlier in the history? Or yeah, no? kinda. So, I mean, five second synopsis: they have this uh, cataclysmic event called the conjunction of the spheres that uh, sees the supernatural world and the material world crash together and kind of spill over into each other. So it's how you get elves. It's how you get wizards and magic. Uh, that kicked off a massive war that uh, was going on between humans and basically every supernatural entity that entered the world. Uh, wizards, humans that were able to master chaos, the manifestation of magic in the world, uh, decided that they needed super soldiers. And so they contracted with Marvel to get Captain America to show up and train <laughs> all of the Witchers. Oh, now, there's uh, there's like 
the Witcher's magic system kind of blends science and metaphysics and weird and interesting ways. Uh, but basically, they came up with a concoction that could turn children into super soldiers. And that's the origin of Witchers. It sounds like, and if I were going to guess, um, the theme of that four-part special event is about the war and how Witchers came to be. So, you know, you saw no Witchers in this trailer at all. I suspect you probably won't until the very end or near the end. Yeah. You know, it's short enough and I, you know, I like the Witcher stuff and it's short enough where, okay, I might, I might watch that. I like, don't get me wrong. It's interesting. I had to put on my watch queue, but again, I just don't burn through my watch queue. So I'm going to go with lukewarm, but it sounds like, uh, sounds like you're in the warm category. Yeah. I mean, I have exactly zero compunction about consuming whatever Witcher content is available to me. So I'll watch it. Definitely. Um, and I mean, I love Michelle Yeoh. I only just recently finally got to see everything everywhere all at once. Oh dear God! It took you this long. I know it's so good. All though. right, what'd you say? What'd you think? It was so good. Fuck yeah, dude! Ah, <laughs> uh, it's trippy as fuck. I loved it. It was uh, unbelievably creative. As a sci-fi nerd, I fucking loved it. Some of the the filming and some of the like ways they were doing the stuff was just downright experimental. It was mm-hmm. kind of surrealist, abstract comedy with hot dog fingers. It makes you get fucking emotional at the end. The overall themes about mm-hmm. like parental abuse and paying it forward is really heartbreaking. But then also like you know Michelle Yeoh and the the daughter kind of mending some of that is just genuinely heart whatevering. I don't even know the words, but. I like was yep. I was getting teary at the end. There were moments I was getting teared up, and two rocks with googly eyes looking over a cliff isn't supposed to tear you up. Uh, fucking movie's amazing. Oh, I know, it's so good. Now it's everything that I wish that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness had been. Um, it's just it's a much better Doctor Strange movie than that one. <laughs> I I'm gonna plus one that. I really enjoyed both movies, but I'm gonna plus sure. one that. Yeah. No, it was a very good movie. Anyway, you know, just on the momentum of Michelle Yeoh alone, I would watch The Witcher Blood Origin. Fair enough. Man, I hope they have a cameo by... uh, I I feel so bad that I don't know his name, but someone, Quan, uh, short round, who then played the supporting role of a husband in Everything You Heard Well Once. I thought he was fucking amazing. For a child star who came out of retirement after like 20 years to make that movie, he was amazing. The way you love Michelle Yeoh, and I, I totally agree. Michelle Yeoh is amazing. I want him to start showing up and shit. Uh, oh, fuck yeah. Right on. Okay. Next trailer. Trailer it up. All right. Again, since we uh, we got a little extra time here, I'm going to put in the extra effort and edit in more shit. So trailer two of three. All right, what are we looking at? So I have not seen this. Nintendo just did a, a Nintendo Nindy, so they call it Indies, Nintendo Indies, the Nindy uh, Direct, and I didn't watch it. Looking through the notes and the headlines, I don't know a single fucking game in the whole lineup. But one of my friends very specifically called this out and said it looks interesting. So I know nothing about what we're about to watch, which, Zach, tell dear listener what we're about to watch. So this is Have a Nice Death dash announcement trailer dash Nintendo Switch. Rated teen for blood and violence All by right. the ESRB. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
Let's count it down in three, two, one, play. Sure enough, blood violence. Alright, it's cute. Oh god, it's violent. We got a Grim Reaper okay. with a scythe on a chain? Yeah, Grim Reaper platformer, kind of. It's the... It's not really a bullet hell. No, uh, it's an action platformer. Yeah. I can't tell if it's a roguelike or just has levels. God damn though, that art style looks it's fucking so pretty. great. It sounds hilarious. <laughs> okay, that that last bit on the logo with the the like elevator opening the doors. Um yeah, I bet it's got roguelike yeah. elements. And the steam coming out of the coffee cup, which has a heart on it, yes. by the way, is a ghost. Yeah, no, I, I like this thing's style. I, I don't know if I I don't know if that's my type of game, but goddamn, the, the art direction, the humor, it looks looks fucking on point. Yeah. Yeah. No, it looks solid. So have you uh what have before we get into the final trailer, what have you been playing lately? Because I've been playing a new game. What are you playing? Oh man. If anything, you I... traveling bastard. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little bit tough uh to pick up new stuff. So Just I'm pick still up, pick up your Steam Deck. Yeah, well, I I have. Uh I've played a lot of Slay the Spire. Oh, sweet! Um, so that's cool, for sure. But, like, I had every intention in the world of uh, playing God of War on the Switch, and then I did not have room <laughs> for it in my bag the last time I was traveling, so I left it. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that I don't know when that came out for Steam, but yeah, you could totally play the original God of War on a Steam Deck. So, um, yeah, should get around to it sometime. Yep. Cool. I've been playing uh, Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope. It's the sequel to the original Mario Rabbids cross Crossover, which was fucking bizarre. Mario and Rabbids crossing over in anything was fucking bizarre, but that was a tactical <laughs> RPG with guns, which was fucking bizarre. And this is the sequel to it. And, you know, as I'll kind of steal some quotes from a lot of the reviews... Uh, which, by the way, when, I, when I'm when i interested in something, I don't watch reviews. I stay completely, completely uh, out of the loop. I want to go in fresh. Played the game, really enjoyed it. Then I went and started watching some reviews. And, yeah, the game doesn't play it safe. Uh, it changed up the movement mechanics and made them so fluid. Like, the game is all about movement, where you can move in a radius from your character but like it doesn't take travel into account so it's just like if you start in the middle of the map you can move anywhere and jump over barriers you can jump off your teammates heads to move around you have multiple actions per turn including like if you move next to someone you can dash and hit them um it's just a really unique fun take on on tactics games i don't think if you don't like a tactics game this isn't going to convince you to like them but if you do, it's a super unique take, I think, and the humor is fucking on point. It's a very funny game. So, uh, yeah, Mario Rabbit's Sparks of Hope for the Nintendo Switch by Ubisoft uh, totally gets my endorsement. I'll give it a, th on the QQ scale of one through four, I give it a three. Love it. Sounds fun. All right. Uh, are we ready to get to the climax of the podcast? Oh, yeah. Just two climax dudes me, Tom. Si sitting around in their chairs, probably in sweatpants, about to climax together. Oh, yeah, that's a podcast <laughs> for me, baby. Yes. All right, Zach. Have you seen this trailer? Oh, I have not. Good. 
good. Uh, Zach, tell dear listener what we're about to watch the whole title because it's very fucking oh, long. God. All right, we are going to watch John Wick colon chapter four parent twenty twenty three movie close parent official trailer dash Keanu Reeves comma Donnie Yen comma Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> oh man, so. I've obviously seen all three uh, John Wick movies. Have you seen all three John Wick movies? I've oh, seen. yeah. I've seen yeah. all the John Wick movies. They're fucking great. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I hadn't seen any John Wick movies. Uh, I heard they were great. And then part three was coming out. And, of course, this was the long, long ago in the before time when you could see people in person. Um, so some of my coworkers like, oh, my God, you haven't seen it? So me and two of my coworkers did a um, watch party at one of their houses. And we watched John Wick 1. And I was like, holy fuck, that was amazing. They're like, yeah, you want to watch John Wick 2? And I was like okay so i watched both fucking john wick one and two back to back at my friend's house we didn't actually expect to watch two movies we just did it was great and then of course we all went and saw the part three together in the theater um which john wick movie do you think was best oh man it's a tough call um i am gonna say i think the first one was the best like the first two were really, really good, and they're on par with each other. The third one went off the rails a little bit. Uh, it was great for other reasons, but not for the same ones that the first two were were really uh, the the first two really emphasized. Uh, the casting and the uh, cinematography, though, in the third one definitely definitely came out uh, popped, as I think some would say. So no complaints just it sits a little lower than the other two in my mind um so this this is another great example where i agree with what you're saying but i have a different conclusion Mm because i think that parts one and two not that the john wick narrative is particularly strong here but we're kind of more engaging i could understand uh john wick or keanu's motivation like i could get it Mm mm-hmm uh, part three, yes, it does kind of go off the rails and like he's going back to the assassins thing. Why? I don't really fucking know. But so I, I agree with you. But part three's action, just like every movie, the action keeps getting better, which is kind of I know. fucking insane. You're like, how can it top it? And then it does. And so the action <laughs> set pieces in part three just continuously throughout the whole movie blew my fucking mind. So oh, man. I'll give it to no. three, even though I agree entirely with your criticisms. Yeah, no, that's that's really the only complaint that I have with it is that I just really didn't get what the fuck John Wick was doing in three. I had no fucking idea. Completely like it, it. It you can justify it and rationalize it, but at the end of the day, it just didn't really have a super strong motivator. Um, but you're right. Like the whole continuous shot when they were fighting with the dogs in the columns and stuff. Oh man. That whole thing was great. Oh, yeah. And the motorcycle fight and the shotgun uh-huh. fights at the end and the knife fight was goddamn insane. It's mm-hmm. just, oh, man, fucking nuts. Okay. All that said, anyway, let's watch this fucking trailer. All right. In three, two, one, play. Damn, it was two and a half minutes. Say goodbye. Yeah. Saying hello. You think your wife can hear you? No. And why bother? Maybe I'm wrong. How old's Keanu now? You're going to die. Maybe not. Goodbye. He's gotta be close to 60, right? He's in his 50s. 
They started making these movies 10 years ago. New ideas. Let's see. He's 58. I know, right? Who is this? The Marquis de Gramont. Challenge him to single combat. Win or lose, it's a way out. I don't sit at the table. Your family does. Please pray for me. What? What? What family? What? Man has to look his best. Redconning is a beautiful thing. Or buried. I'm going to need a gun. Goodbye, my friend. It's hard to. I need guns. Lots of guns. <laughs> He's never escaping that. He fucking owns that. <laughs> he does. If you win, the table will honor its word. Oh, hey, the, the dogs, dogs are back. back. Under the old laws, only one can survive. Failure to meet at sunrise. Will result in execution. Last words, Winston. Just have fun out there. <laughs> Once again, I want you to find your peace. Even though this seems very story oriented, I am having a hard time telling what the fuck's going on. You and I left a good life behind a long time ago, my friend. Ah, uh, yeah. Now it's... Okay, yeah, it looks great. First, Dude, the, the, but, bullet, uh... the bulletproof suits are the most video game thing ever, and it works. <laughs> it fucking works. Right? No, oh, but man. he's just like, John Wick is part cat, because it's like, is he in the Assassins? Is he out of the Assassins? Is he in again? Does he have now he's trying lives? to get out, I guess. Uh... <laughs> it's just so fucking oh yeah oh man we need john wick video games like yesterday yeah again there's john wick hex which i own and haven't played because i'm me um and i hear it's good it's like a tactical game effectively sure i guess something you know what would make a great john wick game uh at least taking elements of maybe not exactly the same uh you played super hot right Oh, fuck yeah, son. So imagine, like, a story-driven super hot instead of a puzzle-based. There's kind of a story, I guess. Uh, yeah, but it's hot. an abstract, it's like, bizarre It's story. abstract. It's like, yeah, now, now imagine no John Wick with super, with super hot gameplay. <laughs> oh, dude, I would be so in for that. That would be... Yeah, instead of the little 100%. mini... Instead of the mini courses, make the courses a bit longer, make it... Super Hot's aesthetic works extremely well because it tells you what to shoot, but like it could mm-hmm. become its own puzzle to not have that. Dude, I am I am so fucking with you. A John Wick stylized and, and, higher fidelity super hot would be fucking hot. Well, and imagine the cinematic mode that you could have at the end of each of these action sets, like oh, set piece sequences. Uh, yes. Like the way that it replays Super Hot from first person perspective mostly. Uh in like real time instead of the bullet time is super fun now imagine doing that for a john wick fight that you just went through in the super hot bullet time mode and then it's just like one of those it's one of the john wick like continuous action shots 
Oh, man, that would be so cool. It, it already has melee weapons and different types of guns, and you can throw yeah. them. I mean, I'm, I, dude, I'm sold. I'm so fucking sold. We need this. Like yesterday. Oh, dear God. Yeah, that would be, oh, fucking so good. Holy shit. Oh, man, well, that is that is a highlight to go out on. Anything else, sir? Nah, I mean, I'm good. We could take a quick scan of the uh, the news. Anything uh, else? Da, 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 da. It's not depressing or about tech companies and layoffs. I do have one friend that was affected by the the meta. Oof. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, I know people that are real stressed about it, but I haven't heard any uh, awful news yet. Let's yeah. oh, see. Side note, to talk about Twitter without talking about Twitter, I am, I am so completely and utterly done with Elon, and I almost feel bad because you could go back on this podcast and find episodes with me talking about, oh man, is it like a billionaire who's going to save us, right? The electric car revolution and going to Mars and how excited I was. I compared him talking about going to Mars to Kennedy talking about going to the moon. And oh my God, you could take those co- those clips and just totally shove them down my fucking throat and make me sound like a complete fucking idiot. I am so done with that, man. Um, yeah, now it's a good thing to just like say out loud. Um, go on the record. I mean... There, yeah, no, there are there are no good billionaires. Um, you know that the things that he was involved with were, and in a lot of ways still are, exciting. Uh, but it's not because of him that any of that is happening. It's apparently in spite of him. Yeah, I I wanted to say Tesla was because he was so invested and fully leveraged. I wanted I want to give him credit where it's due and say that he did push that maybe mm-hmm. i'm wrong so again even though well, i'm done with the man and i were yeah like i look back at some of the shit i said and i was like well i was wrong i want to chill be fair and i want to give someone like him that one bit of credit i think that's how he became the billionaire he is but fuck yeah I know, dude the only credit that you could give him is for being an idiot <laughs> in right tesla's case because he didn't come up with tesla like he didn't found tesla no he, no he did not he literally found Tesla and then kicked the founders out. Uh, but he did go all in, which again, stupid, real fucking dumb. It just happened to work out. He's like going to a roulette table and putting it all on 23 and it wins. Yeah. So like you can give him credit for being lucky, but I don't think it's fair to call him a visionary anymore. Like no. just based on his track record. At, that was probably never a fair title to offer. Yeah. 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 So software developer side note, when a lot of the headlines were coming out about uh Twitter and they were like people were getting ready for uh, you know, code pairing. And I'm like, guys, you clearly none of you have ever known anything about computer science. Code pairing, do you mean like pair pair programming? Do you mean code reviews? Code pairing. I was like that you made up those two words. Uh so I was rolling my eyes at a lot of those headlines. But it sounds like they did use metrics and like you know commit counts and lines of code changed to uh make hiring and firing decisions which is again so absurd code metrics can you know can be useful but like they are not indicative of shit i just worked for the last two weeks i worked on a really fucking hard tool problem like a ludicrously hard tool problem and the code which was very difficult and took a lot of time and effort to figure out how to write is not that large but i checked in test cases for it had to do with source control and merging so i i would check in entire like files with before after result uh res- results for the merger and like that's the line count so you look at my pr it's a hundred thousand lines 
that doesn't represent the code that I wrote. <laughs> and if it only did, you look at my code and go, you only wrote a couple hundred lines of code in, in three weeks, which for me is slow as fuck. I can still, I'm very proud to say, I can still code like a fucking fiend when I get unleashed. But this was hard. It, code metrics are dumb, Zach. They're fucking dumb. They're uh, absolutely dumb. I spend... I spend a lot more time helping other people write code these days than I do writing it myself. So a lot of a lot of the work that I do that gets checked in doesn't even have my name on it. So yeah. Oh yeah, I, I squashed I squashed <laughs> some real commits that some dumb. other people had written, and now my name is on their code. It's not because I'm trying to take some fucking advantage of them. It's because like right. there was no point in putting in a series of their whip commits. Yup. Uh, anyway, sorry. Total that that in hindsight was the QQ rambles right there. That was the QQ rambles. I'm putting it in. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. So I mean, the only other news item that looks kind of interesting, and this is from actually fairly recently, was the one you posted about the uh, Amazon Fallout series. Oh yeah, Ruli and I just said the image looks good. <laughs> I don't think we had anything oh, else well, to say I mean, about it. Yeah, if you already talked about it. Uh, <laughs> I'd be interested We'd because I think that about. could be fun. Yeah. What what do you what do you think uh you've you've played the Fallout games. What do, what do you think a good Fallout game or story is about? Because what I said was I already have Mad Max Fury Road. You can't do it better. Fuck off. I want like a fun western, you know, post-apocalypse movie and I don't think you can do it better than Fury Road did. So, mm-hmm. I got nothing. Uh, even though I think Wasteland was a cool like uh, board game, and I love the Half-Life mods, and I think Fallout's a really cool franchise, I don't have enough knowledge to say. So you tell, dear listener and I, what what does a good Fallout show look like? Hmm. You know, it's it's tough to say because all of the, especially the recent Fallout, well, all of them really, um, have had very different motivations for the main protagonist that you go through the games with. Um, you know, it's, it's more than just like it, it, I guess they all start from the same place, right? Apocalypse, nuclear war. You've been in an underground vault for decades, centuries, however long. And then you emerge into this world. Um, and you're coming into absolute devastation from generally speaking, a place of privilege. And that's the starting point for almost all of the games. New Vegas is kind of sort so of the exception, but is not the, really. Is the opening of the show uh, the, the the fall at the event itself? Is the opening of the show you in the vault? Or is the opening of the show, uh, I forget what the term is for a framing, where you're you're already in your adventure and you're flashing back into the vault. What What's the, the right way to start it? Oh, man. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of flashbacks in general as a narrative device. I think it's kind of it, it, it's disjointed in a way that it doesn't have to be. Um, you know, it's it's sort of like telling two stories at the same time. Um, I understand why you do it. You know, you want to give flavor and context, but then it's just it gives me Lost vibes, and I hate Lost. So <laughs> fair enough. Uh, I I think it can be effective. Uh, I prefer it to be like a whole episode of flashback rather than sprinkles. So like just in the middle of your season, have a flashback episode to, you know, the main character's parents putting him into the vault or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think a, 
I think a good Fallout show would probably spend. It, it I guess it depends on how long your trajectory can be. If you know that you've got at least two seasons to work with, then I would spend the entire first season in the vault. Uh, establish those relationships. Uh, the vaults themselves, even in most of the Fallout lore, you know, typically you come out of a, a control vault, one that's managed relatively normally. But the control vaults are pretty sparsely spread out in, among all of the the vaults that there are most of the vaults in that world were weird horrific social experiments um there was one in particular where the uh the people who entered the vault were told that every year they had to sacrifice somebody or the ai in charge of the facility would kill everybody (laughs) and so they started over like generations electing people to be sacrificed every year so that the AI would keep everybody alive. And ultimately that broke down. Like the stress of it, they formed factions. There was kind of a war in the vault. And the last like two or three people alive just decided, fuck it, we're not going to play this game anymore. And as soon as they gave up, the AI was like, congratulations, we're opening the vault. Everybody gets to live. So they you, never had to sacrifice anybody, and it's super fucked up. Anyway, so you you, you could I... probably spend a whole season <laughs> playing with whatever mindfuck concept for the vault that you wanted to come up with for television, or you could have it be a control vault. But establishing those relationships and that you know kind of initial weirdness, and then throwing them outside, I think would be an effective way to make a TV show out of it. Zach, we could not disagree more. <laughs> I want I want this to be an adve- a Western adventure in the wasteland. You can't do that in the vault. There's just not enough space for the adventures. And I don't want it to be a psychological jury thing. I want it to be, and I know that's not exactly Fallout, but I want it to be. I mean, Fallout's a video game. There's a, there's a sense of adventure in there and humor. And I I don't want a psychological thriller trapped inside the walls. I don't want them to remake Cloverfield Lane. I want a fucking Fallout show in the wasteland with power armor and dogs and sawed-off shotguns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, there's a there's another series that I was thinking of that could fit pretty well. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but um, yeah, no. If you take the concept uh, mostly outside, then you know, if the vault is a footnote, then just treat it kind of like a footnote. Do your sort of background information bits in the first episode or two, but mostly just the first one. Uh, establish the world, establish the main character, and sort of give the uh, the minimum subset of background information that you need in order to set the scene and then go from there and go whole into the wasteland. Because you've got lots to play with. You've got different factions, uh, Brotherhood of Steel. You've got the, uh, well, it depends on, I guess, where you are exactly in the world. But, like, I lots of could... different ways that you could go. Yeah, I think you could have politicking in the background and the factions as the backdrop. But I just I want to focus on a fun, a fun adventure. Yep. Yeah, I mean, all the Fallout games, they give your character a motivation for going into the wasteland. Uh, you know, it could be to find your long lost son or to get revenge <laughs> uh, or to, you know, save whatever is left of whatever part of the world you happen to be in. Um, you know, it, it could be anything. I would be interested to see what that thing is 
in the show that they're they're looking at putting together. I can't it's wait. It's got to be something, something that drives the character forward. Yeah, I I can't wait for the show to be what I want, and then we all decide that it sucks, and then we'll look at me and go, "Yep, my taste sucks. I'm wrong. Part <laughs> for the course." The character will have no motivation. It'll be totally corny. It'll be terrible. Love it. The cool part about um, the cool part about a uh, a Fallout show is that it can have a lot of the same humor that you find in like Borderlands. Um, that works real well in a Fallout style universe. Claptrap could almost be lifted and dropped into the Fallout universe, and he would fit right in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to what they come up with, even if it sucks. I think it'll still be fun. Well, we are going to find out. Oh, okay. That's a good note to go out on. All right, dear listener. Thank you so very much for joining us. Um, Zach, you won't be back next week. I have a family member with failing health. I don't even know if I'll be back. So maybe we'll be back. Who fucking knows? It's the holidays. We're fucking screwed. But dude, um, thanks for making the time. I, I just, you know, I love talking with you guys. Glad, glad when we can do the one-on-one thing. Glad when you can tell me how Fallout actually should be. Yay. I also no, love that times. We, we did not remotely stick to the script for the topic, but I still love nope. some of the fucking ideas that you had. A fucking Braveheart Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> I fucking love it. I fucking love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, until next time, dear listener. QQ. I've given up on the outros. We're just we're just saying QQ. It's all we're doing. Yep. No, that's that's probably just for the best. <laughs> Hey, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Please always remember that any and all views expressed on the podcast are representative solely of the person expressing them. Not of their friends and family, not of their co-hosts or co-workers, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. Again, thank you for joining us, and thank you for respecting our individuality. I just got bored. Everybody out.